Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Monday edition Pro Football Talk Live. Another hour to go. One month and one week away from week one. Oh, baby. Texans at the Chiefs. And we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson, the Texans quarterback, he still doesn't have a new contract. He's getting closer and closer to the end of his rookie deal. One guy who has been through his rookie deal, Chris, though, and has signed two others and is under contract for four more seasons in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, your guy. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Number Rodgers. I love Number starting three the now. 8 o'clock hour talking about you. <laughs> yeah, but 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 this isn't this isn't a happy Aaron Rodgers no. topic. This goes back to the scab that was created the first night of the draft when the Packers not only failed to give him a receiver either that night or any of the other rounds of the draft, but traded up to get a quarterback who ostensibly will replace Aaron Rodgers at some point during the four base years of Jordan Love's rookie contract and we've we've sensed that we've felt that Aaron Rodgers has been as diplomatic as he possibly can be about it but you don't trade up and draft a guy to play quarterback when you have a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl if you're not thinking this guy is a major potential force in our not too distant future so that all became relevant again on Sunday because Packers I mean, coach seriously, Matt just say that again out loud. Like it, it doesn't even sound right when you say it. I just, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but because, because they're on the brink of the Super Bowl, right? And instead of getting the pieces they need to take the next step, they, they consciously draft a guy, select, let's, let's select a guy that can replace the MVP of our team. That makes yeah. no sense. And I'm just, you know, just spitballing here, Mike, two guys that like football, can you even think of a scenario that's remotely like similar in the history of the NFL where an all-time great quarterback yes. goes to the championship game and then has this has this sort of issue? I guess there's Tom Brady and is that about it or No, but but a first rounder. A yeah, first rounder. First rounder, right. Yeah, that, that's what I meant too. You know, You're right, right. The closest the closest parallel 
is when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was a starter. But that was 2005. Right. And they I weren't good. I can't remember what the Packers – Hey, Pete, what did, the, what did the Packers do in 2004? I, I know. I, I remember – Okay. 2005 was a bad year. I can't remember what they did in 2004. Right. I think they lost – 2004, they, how can I forget this? It was the Randy Moss mooning the, the fans game. They lost – Wild card, 10-6, and six, lost at home to the Vikings in the wild card round. Right. That next draft is when they took Aaron Rodgers in the 20s. But, but here's the thing. It's different. Brett Favre had been talking about retiring right. for three years. They needed to be ready for Brett at any given moment saying, I'm out. Right. And, and, and they also, didn't trade up in the first guy, round. <laughs> right. It was, a, it was a guy who very well could have been the first overall pick that right. year who fell into their lap. So right. it was very, very different. It's similar, but it's very different. And I think that difference isn't lost on Aaron Rodgers. So you're right. Here we are, 13-3, and three, one step away, and we have clear needs to make that next step. So what do we do? We invest the first-round pick, second-round pick, third-round pick, and fourth-round pick because the fourth-round pick was used to trade up in round one. Your first four draft picks are all invested in this future that is going to be premised on a 49er-style running attack because Matt LaFleur's big takeaway from getting his butt kicked by the 49ers in the NFC Championship game was, if you can't beat him, join him. That's my read on it. I, th I think gets, there, there's part of it. You're right. He's talking about, and I guess they think, okay, what, Aaron Rodgers, he's gotten us this far without great help around him. He can do it again, so let's maybe improve the other parts of our team. I, I get that. But, you know, also there was defense issues in that game, too, as we've talked about. So it, it is a very weird scenario. It really is. And Rodgers, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, the thing I came away from in that game is they're not like just one player away or anything like that either. You know, there, there, there's a, there was a significant difference between them and the San Francisco 49ers. And as we know, the 49ers, there was a difference between them and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, you sit there and you go, oh, I feel all warm and cozy and right. You know, yeah, we got to the final four. There's a big difference between the team that wins the Super Bowl and the teams that lost in the final four. You know, there, there is, a, I think, a significant talent level, pieces on team missing, things like that. And I think Green Bay showed that to where, yeah, Green Bay, I'm not sitting here going this was like a horrible draft and free agency, but to me it was, a, it was like, we're building for something three years down the road. And I want to go screw the road down there. The road is here right now and you're damn good. And you need a few pieces to help your quarterback get over the edge and play good. If you get in a shootout with the 49ers again in the playoffs, you can't just go, Oh, we're going to try to get in the defensive struggle. How about you get some weapons and try to get in the shootout? So uh, there's been, a, there, yes, it was a debacle of an off season to me from the Packers free agency and the draft. And then now they're going to have Devin Funches because he opted out too, Mike. But remember, after the draft, those first couple of rounds, Mark Murphy, the CEO of the team, it was either him or it was the GM, Brian Gutekunst, made the comment that, that Matt LaFleur wants everything to flow through the running game. And, and you look at what the 49ers are doing. And remember, Mike LaFleur is on right. Kyle Shanahan's staff with the 49ers. And, and, and I, I just think... With that running game, remember that was the Bob Greasy game for Jimmy Garoppolo where he threw the ball like five times, and it was just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, where he Mostert had a career day. And I think maybe a little shell-shocked by that was Matt LaFleur, recognizing having a high-end passing game 
isn't going to make a difference for you if your defense can't get off the field, if you're if the other team is controlling the clock. I mean, we need to be ready to do the same thing. We need to be ready to play the same way. So that's why I think the the the, the at least the the seed yeah, okay. for what became their draft strategy right. emerged. That that they want to be like the 49ers, that that's the key to having a great team, and it was proven out by the way the 49ers played last year. Well, you don't need yeah. a gunslinger at quarterback. You just need a great offensive design and a great running game that works against any defense. I know, then why trade up and get the quarterback, though? You know what I mean? That's why I would just throw that to right? It almost doesn't make sense. You know, I, I, because you're going, yeah. why do you need it? We're going to build a running team. Why do we have to trade up for a quarterback for three years from now? I'm just throwing it out there. I know it's – it's Well, no, no. Hey, because this quarterback's going to become the centerpiece for this run-based attack, right? I, I, mean, I guess whenever so. Whenever they unleash it in 2022 right. or whenever. A- anyway, that's the setup. It is and, the and setup. And it is – and, and I'm, I'm just saying that's the setup for what Matt LaFleur said yesterday. Right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, as you and I will agree. Right. And – and when you consider all of that and you compare it to what Matt LaFleur said yesterday, it makes even less sense. Here's Matt LaFleur meeting with the media, talking about the future of O. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Right now, most importantly, Aaron's our quarterback, and I see him here for a really long time. And however long that is, I don't think anybody knows. Nothing's guaranteed in this league, but I feel so lucky to be able to work with him on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, I don't see that changing for a really long time. Okay. Um, look, if, and, and a lot of times coaches find themselves in a spot where they can't come out and say what they really believe. Right. Because then it creates an issue that grows and grows. And then Aaron's going to react. I mean, if he'd have said, well, you know what? We, we all see the handwriting on the wall. We, we dr- traded up in round one to draft a quarterback. Aaron's going to be here two more years tops. We all know that. We're all grown-ups. We get that. If he says something like that, then it blows up, right? It blows up in a bad way, and it's a mess that, that he's going to have to clean up and Aaron's going to have to clean up, even though it, it, it would be accurate and realistic. So I, I'm not, you know, look, the, the, hey, the entire sport of football is premised on deception, and the deception happens in plenty of different forms and fashions. And in a situation like that, I can understand why Matt LaFleur said what he said. What else is he going to say, Chris? No, well, he, he, well, yeah, right. yeah. Aaron Rodgers is getting traded after the 2021 season. Well, I mean, I mean, you're right. There's nothing he can really say at this point, you know, certainly. Uh, again, what I'll go back to is, you know, LaFleur's a pretty good running, you know, offensive mind, running game offensive mind. Certainly. I mean, we've seen that the Titans the, two years ago when he was the offensive coordinator there. And then, you know, of course, last year with Green Bay, the issue in his offense has been the pass game. You know, the pass game is where I look at it and go, it needs more imagination. They need to do more. I've heard him say that and recognize that this offseason, more aggressive plays down the field, all of those things, you know, that to me was more of a weakness to their team than the run game. So I, I just feel like that's where they should have capitalized. And here's my big thing too, Mike. And, and I don't know this, but I, you know, I've been around Matt LaFleur a number of times in my life because he did work for Kyle Shanahan and that and all that. I I question, and I think this is a legitimate question, did Matt LaFleur really want this? Did he want this? Did he really want to stir this pot and deal with this? My guess in knowing the human being is that he did not want to stir the pot or be put in this position. This is not easy for a young head coach, second year you know, now he's had to deal with this. I mean, last year he had to deal with Rodgers and LaFleur and the audible thing. Now he's got to deal with, whoa, I got to replace Aaron Rodgers? He's like, what the hell? Can I get an easy offseason here in Green Bay? So I do question that, too, that if this was just a, 
an organizational decision where they kind of just went over Matt LaFleur and said, hey, you don't have the, the jurisdiction on the draft and free agency like that, and we're going to do what we think is best. And I'm not so sure that's not the case. A year ago at this time, you and I had concerns about what Matt LaFleur was going to do as the head coach of the team, especially because he's walking into a situation with an Aaron Rodgers who who could be a handful for a head coach who doesn't know how to handle him. And it all worked out incredibly well. They went 13-3. and three. Matt LaFleur made his bones. He proved that he can he get it done. Right. And his reward, his reward was, hey, Matt, you did so well with the potential dysfunction <laughs> yeah. in 2019. Right. We're going to crank it all the way up to 15 <laughs> this year and give you a first-round quarterback that we traded up to get Good luck with all that. Maybe you can go 14-2. and two. I'd be pissed if I was Matt LaFleur. And, look, these are things that no one is ever going to come out and say, at least not until there's a Tyler Dunn Bleacher Report article a few years from now that goes all the way down the rabbit hole and tells us exactly what happened. But I feel like the guy at the top of the pyramid, Mark Murphy, the CEO of the team, who is a lot more involved in football now than he ever used to be, when it was Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy, Mark Murphy just signed the checks and stayed out of the way. Now he's involved. And I think back to the Tyler Dunn article from last year. When Mar Mark Murphy, in the aftermath of that entire mess with the, the issues between McCarthy and Rodgers and all of the stuff that they denied and some of the stuff they didn't deny, I feel like Murphy liked that. I feel like Murphy thought, you know what? This is going to be the red-hot poker that the team needs this year. And since it worked last year, I can't help but wonder oh, you think he's going to the whether well in on some it. way yeah. this, is the, this is the 2020 version of the Red Hot Poker, right? Let's, let's, let's give Aaron Rodgers every reason to be upset and motivated, and then it'll be a good problem. If he gives us two more years, as we see right. the early signs of slippage, which you saw. Definitely. President of the Aaron Rodgers fan club. No you doubt. saw it. If yep. you saw it, they saw it. Yep. This is the way to get him to keep sprinting for the carrot over the next two seasons. And then, if he has two great seasons, we dump him onto some unsuspecting schmuck out there who thinks they're getting Aaron Rodgers at, this high, at the height of his powers, and they give up way too much, and then they realize, oh, God, that's it. The tread's off the tire. He's done. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, that, that could be the case. I'm not going to deny any of that. I mean, you know, that, that's that, – a theoretic theoretically makes sense. I get it. Okay. But I also, all right. So theoretically, what if he goes out there and just lights the world on fire the next two years? What if this year he's in the MVB conversation the next year? Good. Okay. What? Well, they're going to trade him. They're going to trade him. Sell high. Uh, well, yes. Mean, that's my point. I know That's my point. He plays at a higher level this year and next year because he's upset. I get right? you. I get you. But it's like, okay, he, hey, he's still the MVP of your team. And what if you go to the NFC Championship game? Like, I know what you're saying, but I'm just giving you a little bit of, like, a vice versa to where, oh, now you're going to trade the best player on your team and just say walk out the door. Hey, guys, we've gone to the NFC Championship game like two out of three years and Aaron Rodgers has been on fire. We're going to get rid of him and go with this unproven guy right now. We're kind of in the window. Well, they That's drafted what, him. I they, know. They've already know. told us. They've already shown us what they're going to do. Well, the, all, Why I was, would we be surprised when they do it? I know. I, well, you're right. It just, but it, to me, that would be just, just stupid for lack of a better way. Yeah. Oh, and, and then, you know, I think there's a very real case in which we're seeing quarterbacks they don't fall off much in their mid 30s. 
to where, yeah, it was 26-4 and four last year, and there was a hair slippage. But when we're talking about hair slippage for what I think is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my life, we're talking about he went from the number one to the number three quarterback in football behind two freaks of nature in Mahomes and Russell Wilson. So, you know, what I would just say is Green Bay better be worried or Mark Murphy better be worried, that hot poker you're talking about, that, you know, Aaron, cha-ha-ha, quick hands, grabs that poker and reverses <laughs> it and goes, oh, Mark, it's right on your pants now. What do you got to say about that? And that's what I'd be worried about if I'm a Green Bay or in their organization. <laughs> Think back to 2008. They went to the NFC Championship game. They took the Giants to overtime. And but for a misguided throw by Brett Favre, and we've all seen that still frame. Remember that from 12 yeah. years ago? With three guys open. I think the, the still frame is a little misleading. But but still, the point was Brett Favre does a Brett Favre thing and throws an interception in overtime in the NFC Championship game. And they went to him just a few weeks later and said, we got to know right now what you're doing for 2008, knowing that if they pressed him for a decision in February, his answer would be, I'm retiring. Right. So they managed to get rid of him. They went through that ugliness in training camp when he decided he wanted to come back. And then what happened? Three seasons later, they were holding a trophy. They were holding the trophy with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So I, I've just... Yeah. Again, all this stuff we're talking about, yes, it seems incomprehensible that that they would move on from Aaron Rodgers after the 2021 season, but they've already done the thing that makes us look at it and say that's where it's going. Yeah. Otherwise, what have you done? I mean, it's you, you don't you, you do a Jimmy Garoppolo second round quarterback. If if it's not a guy that you're eventually going to make, they the probably could have got you him in the second round. Don't trade up. You don't <laughs> trade up in round 1. Yeah. For a guy that you just keep for four years and then flip to someone else for right. a second-round pick. I That's agree with that. Difference. You're right. It puts more pressure on the situation because if we're sitting there and it's Jordan Love year three and he's still backing up Aaron Rodgers, that's where the poker will be reversed around and everyone's going to be going, well, why the hell did we draft this guy? What are we doing? Rodgers is still playing. He's still our quarterback, blah, 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 blah. So you're right. And, Mike, if it goes the other way around where Aaron Rodgers leaves town in a year or two, whatever – Let's just make sure we're fair to Green Bay. If they end up going to the Super Bowl with Jordan Love, we'll be here. The first ones to kiss your butt, Mark Murphy and, and uh, everybody else in the Green Bay organization. Let me just peel back the curtain for a second. Before we started this segment, I said, oh, we only need about eight, nine, ten minutes to talk about this. <laughs> it's 8.18 a.m. on your Monday morning, and we're going to take a break when we return. Deshaun Watson is still waiting for his new contract. He spoke about it this weekend. Tell you what he had to say and give you our thoughts when PFT Live continues right after this. Patrick Mahomes has gotten his big contract. When will Deshaun Watson get his? He said over the weekend in meeting with reporters, I'm here. I love the organization. I love the McNairs. I love the city. I love the fan base. I'm a Houston Texan. I'm locked in on being a Houston Texan. Look, the issue with Watson, I think, is simple to identify. It's not simple to resolve, Chris. He isn't doing a 12-year deal. No. He wants a three-year extension, which would put him under contract for five more years. It's always better. Never mind what Mahomes did. It's always better to do shorter contracts and then get back to the table again when circumstances have changed, the cap has gone up, the market has adjusted. And I think the problem with only doing a three-year extension in this climate, how do you properly value a three-year extension? For Deshaun Watson when we're looking at reduced cash this year for teams. When we're looking at the salary cap next year being as low as $175 million. Yeah. So, look, I, I think that 
both sides are motivated to work it out. And when you look at what happened with Laramie Tunsil, he got a three-year, $66 million contract setting the market for offensive tackles after that trade last year that brought him from Miami. They're going to pay Watson. It's just a question of when. And, uh, you know, the, the, the reality is if he's not agitating loudly for it, at some point the team may just say, well, we'll just, we'll just wait until next year. Yeah, well, maybe they're gonna get it done. I mean, you're. I mean, I, that, that's one thing I look at. I mean, it, you you, be, you don't let Deshaun Watson out of your organization. I mean, he's a generational type quarterback. He's special. I mean, he is. There's there's no doubt. He's a game changer. He can carry your team on his back in certain moments of a game or big moments against great teams, whatever it is. So there's no way you let him out. Now, like that Mahomes contract you're talking about, though, I'm sure it throws a wrinkle into things a little bit. Certainly. You know, the fact that, you know, I like, like I saw you write on PFT uh, this weekend. I mean, Joey Bosa's contract blows, blows Patrick Mahomes' contract out of the water in the first three to four years of that deal. It's not even close. So I can't see a lot of quarterbacks really wanting to get behind that. But at the same time, I mean, I think they'll have to be careful. And again, I think what Watson's going to look at is go, wow, wait. This guy's got a Super Bowl. He's taking a team-friendly deal. You know, how much do I want to strike for too? I think that's going to come into the balance of what Watson is. I think Watson's a team player and a lot like Mahomes that way, where he might not strike for every dollar he can get on earth. So we'll see. But either way, there's no way you let that freaking guy out of your organization ever. He should be there well, until the end of time. Right, but the thing is he's under contract for two more years yeah. and then they can tag him for a couple of years so they have the benefit of time if they choose to use it. Now, one of the things that has bothered me about the rookie wage scale that was put in place in 2011, the idea that we're going to turn off the faucet on the huge money because of the guys who never earned the huge money and take those millions out of the system that could go to other players. The yeah. problem is the guys who earn it don't get it and you're just left to the mercy of the team choosing right. to go ahead and give it to you. And we've seen the Texans. With J.J. Watt, he got his after three years. Now, Jadavian Clowney never got his. When does Deshaun Watson get his? Does he have to wait that fourth year, or does he get it now? And I'd I think be scary. That it's scary with those receivers and that team right now. Like that could be in like Dak Prescottville, don't you think? He could have a huge statistical well, year where you could go, oh no, now we got to pay him like the highest paid player in the game. Well, that's right. But the thing is, with next year and the salary cap going down, most likely, yeah, that's what makes it kind of screwy. What is the market at this right. point? What is going on? And I'll tell you what, if I see the, what do you do? What would theory, you do? Yeah, I well, I, I want to see what Dak Prescott gets, but the problem is he's not getting anything until after this season because they can't even do a long term deal with him until after this season. So, you know, I, I, huh, I if I'm Deshaun Watson and they offer me a three year extension that approaches or matches Russell Wilson's $35 million a year. I, I'm, if I can get three years and I'm committed for just five more years, I'd be inclined to consider that seriously right, right now. Right. Given the uncertainty, given what's going on next year, and given the fact that I'm not signed into the next decade like Patrick Mahomes – I'd be inclined to do something at or about what Russell Wilson makes right now. Do you take a deal, though, that like maybe doesn't pay you a lot for your 21, 2021 season just because of the salary cap? Like To me, what I would be scared at if I'm Deshaun Watson, 
is, okay, yeah, I signed that deal, the extension you're talking about. They give me a ton of money up front or whatever, and now all of a sudden I'm, you know, 44 or $45 million against the cap, and we only have $130 million as a team. That I would go, damn. I, you know, so how does that work out, Mike? Very, very easy to structure. You can, you can do it very easily. You can have a big signing bonus now. Yeah. And then you could have a roster bonus next year that gets converted That's to a right. signing bonus and yeah. spreads over the rest of the deal. It's, it's, teams have perfected over the last 30 years how to create cap space. And I remember back around 2006, Chris, um, there were te- they were spending cash over cap was the buzzword. Teams were figuring out all sorts of games on how to do it. And I remember back in those days, it was harder to carry over cap space than it is now. Now, if you have cap space, it immediately and automatically carries over. And there's no reason not to carry over every dollar and just let it keep rolling over and over and over because you never know when you're going to need it. I don't think that's an issue. I think it comes down to how much they're going to pay them up front. How much is going to be fully guaranteed in signing? How much he's going to get over the first three years in cash flow? And those three factors under the Mahomes deal really aren't good. And, and that's going to be the fight now. Right. A dis- as, as the agents for these other quarterbacks need to distance themselves from the Patrick Mahomes contracts on the key factors that we're always told. Watch these. Signing bonus, full guarantee at signing, cash flow for the first three years. On those three metrics, the Mahomes deal stinks, stinks, and stinks. And that may be what Deshaun Watson is pushing against, Chris. Yeah, well, I would think so. I mean, you're right. Mahomes has upset the market that way by taking such a team-friendly deal. So we'll see where it goes, certainly. But I would worry. And if I'm the Texans, I'm, I'm certainly reaching out and trying to get something going here. You know, this is a highly motivated guy, professional, we know, does everything right. I mean, come on. We're watching what was that game last year? They lost and he's out there doing a walkthrough on the field three hours, you know, after the game. I mean, he's this is he lives it. He loves it. He is he acts on and off the field the way you want your 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 quarterback to act. He's a great role model, you know, in the in in the city of Houston, all those things. So, you know, this is one of those things. I would say get out in front of it now because when you talk about Cobb, Cooks, Fuller, and I'm missing somebody else. Uh, at, and then, of course, maybe David Johnson, you go, ooh, this offense could be special. He could throw for 4,800 yards and 35 touchdowns. And then you might have to pony up more money. So they got to be careful in that standpoint. The one fact we haven't mentioned, I'm going to mention it quickly because we have to go, Billy O'Brien, coach and general manager. Coach Billy O'Brien has plenty of other crap he's got to worry about this year with the pandemic. If GM Billy O'Brien can just take one of those concerns off the table – and you know you're going to have Deshaun Watson well into the future, maybe that makes Coach done. Billy O's right. job a little bit easier this year. All right, let's take a break. Antonio Brown's future has become more clear. We're going to draft the teams that should be interested in making Antonio Brown a member of their organization. We'll do that when Pro Football Talk Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because. Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. All right, you using leftover house paint for your game face? Well, that's a bad choice. Choosing Yahoo Fantasy Football, that's a good choice. Yahoo was rated the best fantasy sports app by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association in 2019. So make better choices and download the Yahoo Fantasy app today for free. That's right, Yahoo Fantasy app. Don't use your leftover paint and like, you know, painting your face with, you know, what is that, kiss stuff and look like a crazy Florio. I mean, that's why you're all messed up in the brain. <laughs> How did I get dragged into this? I just sat here and kept my mouth shut and let you read the damn Well, when thing, I think of face almost paint, I think up. of you and kiss. That's what I think of. Or right. or I picture you in, like, you know, on a day maybe you're not in there, like, purple and gold and you're, you know, all Vikinged up and we Thanks. can't see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never painted my face for a sporting event, and I never will. No, I, I haven't can guarantee either. you that. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know, but I, I certainly haven't done it yet. All right, uh, let's get to it. Antonio Brown may be inspiring some face paint, although fans won't be showing up at the stadium with their faces painted. They'll have to do it from home for the most part. Teams that should draft and or should sign Antonio Brown, that's our draft, not teams that should Draft Antonio Brown, that's our sign. Either way, you know, they know who we mean. Here's the trivia question. Antonio Brown is second in Steelers history in catches, receiving yards, and touchdown receptions. Who is first in each of those categories? It's the same guy, Chris. It's, not, I mean, it's oh, not, yeah, gotcha. You know, I was like, what? It's Antonio yeah. Brown? That's it's not confusing. Antonio Brown. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying there's not three different categories you have to answer. It's the same guy who holds all three. Wow. It's so, wow. Hold on. I just want to make sure. Am I missing somebody obvious here? I mean, I guess I want to say Heinz Ward. And you are correct. Boom. I should have made sure that you were locking into that answer, but you are correct. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of Heinz Ward. I wouldn't have. I, I would, got, and but then I'm thinking John Stallworth and Lynn Swan. They didn't have huge numbers, right? That's what I. That's where I went to. I went Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, and then I was like, wait, it's the '70s, the Steelers. They ran the ball a lot. I don't know how big their numbers were. And Hyde's Ward, of course, was a, a part of a lot of good teams. So that's good to hear. I'm glad I got the old first pick, and I'm going to go with one of the obvious ones that's been in the news because I think it makes sense, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. That's that would be my number one team. You know, get them out there, that culture, that team. You got a quarterback who's really stable, not worried about, like, you know, attention or anything like that. They're all about just winning and bringing energy to the field on a daily basis. And Antonio Brown, hey, like him or not, and what he does off the field, as we know and we've had people tell us, Mike, the guy is a world-class worker. I mean, John Gruden was raving about it last year. I know I've seen it in person. I mean, he will go in and work extra and do everything and lead guys that way I just think they have the culture the team they could use him because I think they got to play through Russell Wilson a little bit more this year and all that too so Seattle makes the most sense 
Yeah, I agree with you. Seattle and Baltimore are the two teams that have been linked to him the most, but that doesn't mean other teams aren't out there lurking. But remember last year when the Seahawks signed Josh Gordon, the other guy they were thinking about was Antonio Brown, but that was when he had that vague cloud of if you sign this guy, he's going to be on the commissioner exempt list. They knew they were at least going to be able to use Josh Gordon to his his most recent suspension kicked in. All right, it gets very difficult after the first pick. It does. I'm going to go with, although I don't quite know how it would work, I know that given where the receiving core currently is with two members now opting out, Devin Funches and Geronimo Allison, the Green Bay Packers could really use Antonio Brown. And to the extent that Matt LaFleur, you know, to get back to what we discussed earlier in the hour, wasn't on board with the idea of trading up to draft a quarterback and is trying to navigate a veteran quarterback who may be a little salty about what happened. That's your olive branch. That's your peace offering. Here, Aaron, here's Antonio Brown to go along with Devontae Adams. Hopefully we can make the most out of our season now that we have one of the best receivers over the past decade on the team. Yeah, I, I gosh, I just what you couldn't pick the obvious one and take Baltimore and just go with what everybody's saying. So I could have had Green Bay too. I mean, that's what no. I want. I wanted to sing about Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown being together, but I'm I'm with you. It's the it's the second team I wrote down here because of all the things you just said, you know. And yeah, I I could see that their pass offense maybe stumbling a little bit. Uh, as we start the year and then them going, oh, damn, we need something else here to give us some juice. So that would make a lot of sense. And I think, you know, LaFleur's easygoing attitude and then a guy like Rodgers. And, and again, Antonio Brown has got to realize he's on his last strike, too. So I would hope to th- think that or I'd like to think that he would be you know, on his P's and Q's that way. Uh, so I'm with you, Mike. It makes sense. I've got I'm Patriots. I Sign him back. I'm taking the Patriots to my second team. Well, no way. No Why? way in hell. Why? Why? Because because of how it fell apart last year. Okay. Go ahead. Make your case. I am make making your case my case. I'm making my case. Okay, it fell apart. Why can't the Patriots be the team that can get them back? I'm so sick of that too. All right? I'm sick of this in the NFL. Whoa, this guy screwed up with this team. You can't have him back, but it's fine if he goes to one of the other teams. Like Reuben Foster with that and the 49ers and the rest. So many cases of that. I'm sick of that bull crap. Uh, no. Uh, Patriots had him first. Go, go, go get him again. Who cares? You got Cam Newton. They got people dropping like flies with the player opt-outs. Go ahead. You know they got the culture and they can handle them. They seem to have liked him, certainly, and what he brought to the table there. Now, yeah, he had an issue. So I don't know what their thoughts or feeling is about it, but I do know that it can, they can make it work. And I would love to see him and Cam Newton you know, go off on the AFC East and the AFC in general together. That would be a lot of fun. A couple of factors, I think, poisoned that well. Number one, I believe, I don't know this, but I believe that uh, the general question was asked of Antonio Brown and his agent at the time, Drew Rosenhaus, last September when they signed him after he was cut by the Raiders. Is there anything out there that we need to know about? And they didn't mention the lawsuit that was dropped uh, just after they ended up signing him. That's a fact. If that's a case, remember, that's, true. that's hard. Yes, right. And, and, then, and then remember, during that scorched earth social media stuff that Antonio Brown did from time to time, he may have made reference to some things that, that could make it harder for the Patriots to sign another check. And then there was a grievance that was resolved not that long ago because of the money that he was guaranteed and they didn't want to pay him. So, I, look, I think he'll play for anybody that wants him, but I don't think the Patriots think want would him. want him after what's already happened. All right, next up. Ne- look, I'm, 
maybe I'll take the Ravens round three, but I'm not taking them round two. I don't want to take last him week. either. I, I think that they don't want him. I don't. I, I wouldn't want holding, him. They're, they're holding him at arm's length, and they're basically acting like they're interested because if they tell him they're not, then, they, then he potentially poisons his cousin Marquise Hollywood Brown against the team. If they bring him to the team and they don't throw him the football as much as he wants because that's the way their offense is, I agree. then he gets upset. If they cut him, he poisons Marquise against the team. They're in a very kind of tenuous Agreed. You know, juggling act here, so it sounds like neither of us are going to take the Ravens. I will go with the Eagles next. Um, I, they, they need that threat. They need that presence. And uh, especially with, you know, the stuff that went down with Deshaun Jackson several weeks ago, even though that, that has died down, uh, from a health standpoint, you don't know what you're getting from Jackson. He had that great week one game last year, and then he was nothing the rest of the season. He's older. He's older than Antonio Brown by a, a year or two. Yeah. Um, and, and when you look at the lack of weapons around Carson Wentz and, and you think back to what Wentz was able to do with the revolving door of Slappies last year, all due respect to those guys who contributed down the stretch to get the team to the playoffs, it's probably too late for that after calling them Slappies. But uh, I, I think the Eagles would be a perfect spot, and I think that's an organization that that could find a way. You know, the, the, remember the emotional intelligence buzzword from Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the team, when they hired Doug Peterson to be the coach. I feel like Peterson can find a way to press the buttons yeah. and, and hold it together and get the most out of Antonio Brown, and it would really make that offense better. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, and listen, so I, I've only wrote six teams down, and we've, we're, we're hitting them all here as we go. But they were one of the teams on my list too. Yeah. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's on the pup list right now, right? I mean, he's there. Deshaun Jackson up there in age, certainly. You know, those are the kind of guys, yeah, you worry about them being able to make it through the year, physically healthy, ready to go, all of that. And then I'm with you. I think the culture of the team, Doug Peterson's attitude, hey, they got a lot of characters on that team. I mean, they do. Think about the guys that they've had. So, you know, they're not, they're not afraid of outspoken figures or people that might say things as like a Malcolm Jenkins and, you know, anything like that. Malcolm Jenkins, Fletcher Cox, they've had Chris Long, you know, Michael Bennett, Malik Jackson. You know, they're not afraid of it. So I get it. I'm with you. All right. I'm going back to Crazyville again here. I don't care because I think it should work. You've never left. Never left it. You're right. Pittsburgh Steelers. So call them up. That is crazy. Why not? Why not? You know what you're dealing with, this guy. It'll all be swiped under the rug once Big Ben throws him a touchdown pass, and they'll be best buddies again, and everybody will forget it. But, I mean, here's two, two, two you know, entities that know what to expect from each other. And I think what – you know, as much as we might want to go like, man, Pittsburgh used to let Antonio Brown go a little crazy. Man, maybe Pittsburgh was just the best there is at managing Antonio Brown. Maybe there, there, there's something to that, too. And they know how to handle his personality and whatever it may be. So, yeah, some of my picks here are like what I would love to see, obviously. But I do think they could handle it, you know. And as long as Big Ben is willing to, like, not take it too personal and take it to his grave here – and just realize that, hey, Antonio Brown was doing what he had to do to get out of town and get paid and get more money, and that's really what he was doing, and that's what he was telling people behind the scenes, um, why not? I want to see him back with Pittsburgh and revive it, get it going again. There was some ugliness between Brown and Ben Roethlisberger as Antonio was trying to get out of town last year. But you know what? Coaches around the league are in awe of Mike Tomlin's ability to work with difficult personalities yeah. because guys who leave the team and go elsewhere, 
that it becomes an awakening for some of these coaches. Like, I didn't know this guy was like this. Yeah, because Mike Tomlin was able to keep it under wraps. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's, I it's know. Not as I'm crazy. taking some long shots. It's not shots. as crazy not as, as, as crazy the Patriots. Okay. All right. All right. The, the last one for me, I was going to mm, – yeah, I'm tempted to say the Rams. I'm tempted to say the Rams just because that blocks the Seahawks. But I figure Sean McVay will get some more – specific details from John Gruden about what it was really like to have Antonio Brown around, and that may scare Sean McVay away, but they could use his talent. I'm going to go Saints. Remember, they brought him in for a visit last year. They were thinking about signing him for the playoff run, and they do have Emmanuel Sanders, Yeah, but, you he know, load Antonio the cannon. Yeah. Load the cannon. Right. Move, imagine this lineup. Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown on the outside, Emmanuel Sanders in the slot. Good luck stopping the Saints, especially because we all know hashtag Tommy wants him what better way to stick it to Tom Brady than to grab him when the Buccaneers won't? Well, they're you know I didn't write them down, but you're it's a it's a good thought. The Saints, like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue against it. You're right. I mean it would make sense, and they know how to feed him the ball and get him the ball all those creative ways, especially with all the tension to Michael Thomas. So listen, they get him at the bright price. I know Sean Payton and Drew Brees will be able to handle him. It, it I'm, that's not crazy. I'm 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 with you there. All right, that's our draft. Seahawks, Patriots, Steelers for Chris, and Packers, Eagles, and Saints for me. When we return, Tom Brady has reached a milestone, the kind of milestone that uh, is always better than the alternative. We'll discuss that next year on Pro Football Talk Live. Happy birthday, hashtag Tommy. 43 years young as of today. You know you're getting old when people refer to you as years young, but one of the oldest quarterbacks to ever play. There aren't many who played at age 43, and he's already made it clear he's playing until the year he turns 45. That's three more seasons. Chris, do you think he's going to get three more seasons? No, I don't. But, you know, the, the one thing is he's going to be the, the staple forever for guys taking care of their body. But, no, I don't think it. I think it's going to be this year, maybe one year after. But, damn, he could still throw that football. He hasn't lost many mile per hour on that fastball, and that's going to give him a chance. Who are, is the guy currently in the league most likely to play as long as Tom Brady? Ooh. Any guy at any age. Mm, okay. Well, mm, I, I mean, I think guys like Mahomes could do it. I do look at a Mahomes because I think he wants to be an all-time great. He knows he's got to take care of his body. His arm is not going to die out ever. Uh, I look at a guy like him to be up the top of my list. Anybody jump out to you? I thought of Mahomes, too. We'll yeah. see. We got we got about 15 or 20 years, but we're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.